Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. We're starting off a brand new season here with episode one. And my guest today is Jason Clark. Jason, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm so excited to be kicking off a new season. Uh, we've been doing this for five, six years now. Oh, wow. There's cool. like 120 some episodes that are all available to check out on our library <laughs> on iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some fantastic stories that we've explored through this podcast, and I enjoy it so much because how often do you get a chance to just sit down with someone that you can really connect with mm -hmm. and talk for 30, 40, 60 minutes, yeah. uninterrupted, yeah. just focus time with somebody? No kidding. Like, yeah. we don't get that very no, often no, anymore, anymore. In, our, nope. in our society, and even with our family members, even with our spouses, it's hard to carve out that kind of time. Absolutely. And what I love about it is, for me, I just bring curiosity to people's stories of, of their spiritual journey mm -hmm. and whatever that looks like. And of course, everyone's is so unique and different. So Jason, why I wanted to have you on, you're relatively new to this community. Mm -hmm. You're starting to get involved with the Basha United Church in a bunch of different ways. You're getting involved with the Basha School, with the Basha Youth Foundation. Mm -hmm. I want to explore and unpack all of that. Cool. But first, like what, what brought you to Basha? Well, um, my sister has lived here with her family for, God, 15, 20 years by now. And, um, and just, I, I remember the first time coming here, I, I was a minister for 15 years, years and years ago, and ministered in one little town in Saskatchewan, and good old Nakam. And Basha always struck me very similar to Nakam, that it might be a small town in a sense, yes, but services a larger area. And, but it's also contemporary, like it's, and just even the kindness of the people and just the whole spirit of the place. So I always, I told Carrie for years, I said, you know, if you ever hear of a job, you know, that comes available, just don't, don't be afraid to um, let me know about it. And back in, would have been January, uh, she came and, she not came, she phoned me and said, uh, you might, you might want to send in a resume. We have a, we have a, possibility of a job coming around and and so while we were talking I actually sent her my resume on the phone like just good old technology <laughs> nowadays yeah and and by the end of that call she had it she had printed it off and then within the next day if not even that day I had a call from Christine down at uh, Bashaw services there and BDSS and all of a sudden within literally uh, like a day and a half decided That's that crazy. here we go and then off and running and now here we are <laughs> coming on the end of may and rocking and rolling so it's it's neat when things are when things are a right fit they can yeah. move really quickly yes like you see new programs get created out of thin air because the right people are in the room yeah. and decide they're going to collaborate and boom 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 things just yeah. happen so, we've seen that happen in the church We've seen that happen in our community. Mm -hmm. um, you see it happen in, in relationships when yeah. when something is a right fit and it just yeah. like, boom, we're, you know, off to the races, like yeah. you said. Uh, so when you first came, I remember we had a meeting, you and I and uh, Robin and Jackie, uh, some community leaders kind of got together and, and we were talking about the future that we could envision mm -hmm. for uh, for the Bachelor United Church, for things like a, possibly a youth group. Like mm -hmm. you have a background in youth ministry specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
when you came to this community, what did you sort of imagine? Like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? Like, yeah. what, what did you want to create or build here? I think um, identity and to further their identity. Not that there's not a youth identity here, but uh, a very intentional effort towards letting it shine and let it bring it about almost like an archaeological dig in a sense i think too because i think if there's probably people within this community who go oh we used to have a lot of stuff 15 20 years ago and even talking to some of the youth and they commented at the youth center they used to have dances and mm. and so just things like that that obviously i'm not going to be aware of but i love hearing these things and going not to necessarily repeat them in like identical but to maybe breathe some new life into them and like i said an archaeological dig where you bring up this treasure and it's it's flawless yes it's dirty and it needs to be cleaned and restored properly but then the value is still there and the beauty is still there and just the awesomeness mm -hmm. of it and so then when i first got here i had the opportunity to have a couple of the youth come and help me um from the school and we had to set up some chairs and things like that and just started to connect with them from that point on and within minutes realizing okay, this is probably a little snapshot of the youth within this community. And there are some real, these, these youth are just awesome. Like, and I, and I really mean that. I, yes, I've, I did youth ministry for years and now I'm working a lot with kids and, and youth as well too. But it's, it's a, anybody that's still doing youth ministry, that's a true calling for sure. And you have to be able to be effective at it. And but I, I kind of go in my flesh, I'd go, oh, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I, I like working with families. I love working with people. But then when I met with these youth, when they are, when you approach them with that regard and that respect and that, and kindness, but also just being real with them, they literally will mirror back to you what you, what you give them. And mm -hmm. where some, some youth in other communities or cities or whatever like that, they have this, um, not identity, but uh, I guess it's an identity in a sense, but this, this self, you know, really self-involved and and so therefore there's it's an arrogance and there's a different approach to their whole life that the way that they might approach people or approach situations that there's not as much respect or regard mm -hmm. and and really when if, if someone's going to show you that especially at a younger age i think we've got to stop taking that so personally and realize that's probably a reflection of how they see themselves and so it's, it's almost like exactly and that insecurity and just yeah. to try and portray it away from there but if you can just approach them in a real sense and not be freaked out by how they are whether they have lots of energy or they're really quiet or they're mean or whatever but just see them for the awesome person that they are i have found that it just it breaks down barriers because it actually mm. doesn't break down barriers it nullifies the barriers it's almost like that in a science science fiction movie where there's a, <laughs> a barrier and they just snap the fingers or flip the switch and the barrier is gone yeah i have found that tends to work quite a bit and because they can tell, right? Like they know if you're being real and they know if you're being phony or if there's a, okay, what's the reason you're da-da-da? What are you getting at here? Exactly. Like even yesterday we did town cleanup and had about 40 kids from the school and a couple adults. And we just went and helped out Terry and Brian and, and within the community. And they just, they did awesome. And so, but we had to make sure that we had contact with them for sure. But even if we had seniors out there doing it, I'd be doing the same thing because if you're going to go do something, you want that. It's nice to be, yes, acknowledged, but even just noticed. I think sometimes even the noticing is huge. Mm. So I'd be able to pull up beside them. You guys need anything? Nope. And then bring them liquors. Okay, here you go. And then had hot dogs <laughs> by Christine and BDSS again um, at the end of it. And so to be able to connect with them. And so with these youth, to be able to see them grow and just be these awesome kids and have that opportunity to, to shine. And shine that light on them. Yeah. And and so then to watch them 
share their heart and then go, okay, what do you, what do you want to do when you graduate school? And then start to give some ideas or give some direction or say, well, I see you had a chat with a girl at the, again, at the hot dog thing, the barbecue at the end. And I said, you know, so what do you want to do when you're done school? And she goes, well, I am involved with 4 She had this belt buckle. And, and so we chatted a bit. And I said, you know, I've, I've seen you around. I said, I can, I can see you work with animals for sure. Cause you have the right, you have the right tenderness. You have that right presence about you that you probably be very effective with, with animals and so therefore infected with people because people love their animals nowadays yeah. and, so, and she just and just the way she even said well thank you very much like she you could tell that not probably not a lot of people have noticed that or, or at least spoken that to her mm. and so then that acknowledgement went a long way and as went around and saw them and chatted with all the youth just appreciating them yeah. you know and they appreciated that so then to be able to yeah right on let's bring back the dances or a trivia night where um the trivia can range from anything but you get a table and just you know just have have a go with them and just start to connect with them and communicate mm-hmm. with them and just and watch that conversation grow and that connection grow and so then that's what i see with the youth and then you can see things with kids and even with seniors and, and things like that that i'd like to Mm. eventually implement yeah. and, and watch it That's come really cool. come about yeah so it's so when i look at the youth i go this is this is going to be awesome and then have something going so awesome that the kids when you continue to connect with them too it's just that transition right just like a a crib to a preschool sorry to a daycare to a preschool to kindergarten to elementary school to junior high to senior high and then they're off and running mm. well if we get that chance to just be in their lives all that way then it's going to be really build that sense of community, you know, wherever they are. So that's sort of the challenge. That's the exciting part. And to watch them um, come together and, and just be together is is going to be fun to watch that unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as, you're, as you're describing that, I'm getting the sense of this really fluid nature between the different roles that you're already in the short time you've been in the community here. Mm-hmm that you're playing through the school, through the youth foundation, through the church here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's this overlap or this, like I said, this flow where y- you technically have these different hats, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's Jason, yeah. the youth pastor yeah. uh, background, who's part of the United Church here where we're sitting now. Mm-hmm. There's your job at the youth foundation. Like, but there's just kids yes. in, the, yeah. in the town yeah. who know Jason. Yeah. And they don't care yeah. where you work technically exactly. or what your title is. Yeah. And you have this role now in their lives and this yeah. you're this person that they know and trust and, and are connecting with. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit on your thoughts, like on where church shows up in all mm-hmm. of that. Like, because I think as a, as a capital C church, like, as an institution, mm-hmm. we've we've gotten it wrong so many mm-hmm. times through the years where we try to church people, right? Yes, like we yeah. even talked about people being unchurched. Yeah. Like if they're not here on Sundays or they're not sitting in Sunday school like when we were kids, yeah. then they're not, you know, part of it enough mm-hmm. or they're not being reached. Yeah. So you're reaching kids whether they're coming into this building mm-hmm. for a family movie night mm-hmm. or whether you're getting kids to help you pack chairs in the school gym yeah, yeah. or whether you're doing school like community cleanup. Yeah. Um, it just feels in your sharing, like there aren't lines in the sand between these different right. areas. Yeah. So why is that important for you? I think because it's, well, it's real life. 
Like, I think we, when we find our identity in, in something that outside of ourselves, then what happens if that, I, if that place goes away? Do we lose our identity? Whereas we need to find, I think, our identity within ourselves truly, so that no matter where you go, you're going to know who you are, but also who you're not, what you believe, what you don't believe, what you what convicts you, and and to be able to find all those boundaries and those guidelines within our own lives, but then to do it in a loving, non-judgmental, a non-judgmental, loving, kind, not necessarily nice. I have this theory on nice, but um, <laughs> but kind and just genuine. I guess real to sorry to be to be real, and because then there's a tr- when person's able to be real, they're being transparent and they're being vulnerable. And when you the more transparent, the more vulnerable in proper ways a person can be, I think the more the effect effective they are just in life for themselves, for their family, for those around them, and so with with that element that comes into into play like i think there's just a a necessity just such a such a necessity for that and so to be able to flow from the church or to the school or to the youth center it's when i was in the youth ministry when i was in ministry in bc we had a family that was leaving and the mom made a comment to me and we're talking what my daughter's 24 years we're talking 20 to 25 years ago that they made this comment and it was the, it was the biggest comment I ever received in, in ministry. And she said, Jason, the thing our family loves about you is that you were the same person up on that stage that you were outside having lunch with youth or helping somebody move. You were the same person because, mm-hmm. and I, that always stuck with me. And I thought I will take that as such a high compliment because that, that was always my desire. I don't want to be okay a good person up on stage if I'm doing church stuff, but then I just turn into hmm. a wrong per- or di- not even wrong, but just a different person. I want people to know who they're going to get. And yes, there are times where I will have my good moments and I'll have my bad moments, hmm. but I'll own them and I'll try and work through them quick. But to be able to have that fluidity that you mentioned, I think that will be the key to be effective, effectively reaching the world around us the way that I think God has called us to do that. And when he said at the end in Matthew and in, in the book of Acts before he left, and he said, you know, you'll be my witnesses, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Well, what is a witness required to do? We grew up in church and we were required to be convert winners. We wanted to win mm. people to Christ, which do not get me wrong, fine, that's that's a great a great approach and a great necessity for sure. But if that becomes our identity, then I think we need to, I think you, we might be maybe too narrow of a, I know it's a podcast, but I'm putting my hand up to my eyes if it's a (laughs) telescope and just maybe pull the hand down and look at the broad scope Mm -hmm. and realize that it's not just about convert winners because unfortunately, if the church is irrelevant and ineffective to a large degree, then not to be rude, but what's the point of making them converts? Converting for what? Yeah. Exactly. Into an ineffective, irrelevant place. No, we want to... So, what's a witness... So, it's about connection exactly. over conversion. Yeah. And when they become witnesses, a witness is required to testify to what they know to be true. And you're not trying to convince anybody. You don't have to. So, a person's on a witness stand. They're not trying to convince the jury. You're not trying to convince the other lawyer or the judge. Just the, a, tr- a good lawyer would just tell the people, just tell me what you saw. Tell me what you know. That's all. 
because the truth will speak for itself. So if a person knows God, knows of his love, or knows of his presence, or whatever it is that a person needs, and God's able to fill that void, they're going to go to be able to tell others and say, even if they don't receive it, even if the person doesn't believe it, well, that doesn't change my faith, like I, or my, or the reality within me. And so when the fluidity can flow within us of that important nature of our relationship with God, and therefore our relationship with others, and then the world around us, that's where, yes, love is important, but not just in the statement way, but in a life-giving way. It becomes, we, we all of a sudden go, no, that person's, oh, that's a divorced person. No, no, that's a person who went through a divorce. When we label them divorced or we label them whatever, that's, that's maybe not who they are. That's just maybe what they're facing. No, that's mm-hmm. a very, that's an awesome person just going through a very difficult time. And so therefore, it, again, it just changes that perception and mm-hmm. then no judgment, right? Like it's, it's a different statement. That's yeah. a divorced person. I'm a divorced person. I'm a divorced person or I'm a person that's gone through a divorce. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's kind of, again, it keeps that fluidity and yeah. with the love of God flowing. And I know they say the Bible is thousands of years old, but fresher than a daily newspaper, but it, it's, it's so true. Like it's, it's just so, it can be true if the person will receive that truth. Yeah. And if they don't, I respect you to not, uh, that's fine. Like, yeah. I, I'm okay. Like, you're not, you don't you get upset if, even if you have to at me, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not changing my belief on it. And if you don't accept that, right on. So are we grabbing supper or no? You know, like it's just, and continue yeah. to move on. It's not, not cut and dry. And I think that was such a problem with the church in the past. It was so cut and dry. And so conditional. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I really like your approach with the youth that, and from the little bit that I've seen you working with kids at the school or here um, and just that you got nothing going on about whether they agree with you you got Mm -hmm. nothing going on in internally for yourself about what their beliefs are right what their hang-ups are what any of that um and authenticity right like there's nobody that can sniff out bs like a teenager oh absolutely (laughs) yes absolutely they are just ready to to find you out to call you out on your bs and to just uh like i think there's with teens, there's a lot of, they're, they've left this phase of life where, you know, it's all innocence mm-hmm. and, um, and I mean, younger kids ask a billion questions. Yeah. Their, curi- their curiosity yeah. is off the charts, but they're not jaded and they're not skeptical yet. Yeah. And they're not all of that, right? They, yeah. There's not all that doubt that starts to come in as, it, as it, you get to those teen years. Mm-hmm. And like, we're just getting there with Aubrey's about to turn 13 and everyone warns you like, oh, watch out. Yeah. And here you are just like into the lion's den. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to work with these. <laughs> yeah. Why teenagers then? Like, what is it for you that? Well, um, Bill Hybels years ago used to say the church is the hope of the world. And when it's run effectively and done well, sure. I think that the youth and the children are the hope of, of the world because it's, they are about to inherit the world. Like it's, it's theirs. And so how are we going to pass it off to them? And so to be able to, I think when they, as you were talking, like it's, it's like they're moving from a, de- a stage of dependency into an mm-hmm. early stage of independency and being independent. And so if they're going to be independent to be able to, when they start asking these questions, I think people that fear questions, it's like, well then, okay, What's to be afraid of that? Like, even if you have to look at somebody and say, you know what? That's a great question. I have, I have no clue how to answer that. Can I have a day or two to get back to you? Instead of trying to come up with an answer, 
like I think we're so often we're afraid that people are going to go, um, that they're going to, if we're if we don't give an answer, that we're going to let them down. Whereas I think we just need to be honest and real with them. And so with youth, when they are at that place of wrestling, and to be able to use ourselves and say, you know what, I completely understand. When I'm at work, or if I, in my relationship, if I'm just and we start to become transparent and vulnerable with them, they will grow, they will see that it's okay to do that. And then they will be transparent and vulnerable because I honestly believe what they're looking for is direction or mm. some answers or just support or encouragement. And I think sometimes all you need to do is just be there. The times that I have sat with people, young, old, doesn't matter, gruffest of gruff men that just all of a sudden they start talking and and at the end of it, the one guy in particular, we're driving and he just, he looks at me and goes, I've never told anybody that. Like he, and he just started talking and about 30 minutes later, he literally, and he, you tell he has a shocked look at his face. He says, I don't know what it is about you, but I, I just felt like I can share. I said, well, you can know it's going nowhere. And just let them, let them share and let them talk. And years ago, good old Marvin Voida gave me a pastor that I've known for years and years and worked a little bit with in different capacities. He's, he gave me great advice. He says, Jason, just never let them see you stunned. No matter what they tell you, just keep breathing. Keep. <laughs> and then he gave this analogy. He gave this example. And I started laughing my head off and I brought my head down. And he's looking at me with this little, tiny little smile. And I go, got it. He said something and about, let's say, something that a person struggled with. And I thought it was the funniest thing. And then I, <laughs> when I turned and met his gaze... I got what he meant because if, if it would have been a real situation and I responded, oh my goodness, sure, or oh okay. my goodness, yeah, yeah. like the person would have that shame, right? Or that, yeah. or or if they're even looking for attention, because sometimes it goes the other way too. Oh, they want to sure. get you riled or they want to see your response to it. And if you look and go, okay, and so what, yeah. what are we going to do about this then? How are we going to approach it? It just, it otherwise, those that are just looking to cause trouble, they will... It'll silence them. Because they don't get the reaction. Exactly. Yeah. And those that are honestly looking for guidance... It provides maybe a bit of hope. Or if they feel like they're suffocating and you go, okay, we've got this. Mm. Then it's like it's like a person, those scuba divers when they're underwater and the one's out of water <laughs> and you got to take the thing out of your mouth and they share their oxygen. Yeah. It's like you're you're that exactly what they need in that moment if you don't yeah. respond. Yeah. And so with walking into that lines den, like I go, when I turned 50 uh, a couple of years ago, I just went, there's a couple of things. I'm done with fear and want to live my life fearlessly, not, not aggressively and recklessly, but fearlessly. And I used to say, well, I don't care what people think. And I went, no, that's not true. I do, I do care what people think. So what's, and I've changed it to, I don't worry about it. I don't worry about what people think, what they think of me, what they think of my beliefs or what they think of my approaches to things. If they want to sit in dialogue, great, let's go. If they want to call me names, they want to absolutely argue again, great, let's go. I'm okay with that. And because then there will come the moment where all of a sudden it just the, I think if I start at that place of I don't worry about it, there will come a point of, okay, you, you only have to take so much grief or abuse or whatever it is. And then, no, I don't care. I don't care what you say. It's like they almost turned it to Charlie Brown's teacher wah, 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 or or completely mute. And it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. This yeah. discussion is over. I like that distinction. That so It's not that you don't care. Because yeah. to say like, I don't care. Yeah. is dismissive disregarding yes that's a great it's, word dismissive i like that um, but to say like no i care yeah um I'll, I'll hear you yeah but i'm not going to internalize that stress about it yeah live you know make my decisions and live my life based upon right what people to may please, or may not please think. you yeah. and the hilarious thing is that 
99% of the time, we're wrong about what we think the other person's yeah, thinking absolutely. anyway. Absolutely. So we race around with our, you know, like chickens with headless chickens. Yeah. Trying to, um, you know, make people happy or trying to meet expectations or trying mm-hmm. to get people to think a certain thing yes. about us based on what we think they're thinking. Yeah. And we're just wildly guessing anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's where I think sometimes those, those honest probing questions can be asked because if there's transparency and vulnerability, it's like as funny as it's going to sound, two very otherwise naked or just very apparent that there's no weapon hidden to have a dialogue. But how often have we been stabbed in the back? How often have we been blindsided by somebody? You share and then all of a sudden you hear, wait a second, why is that person talking about what I talked yeah. to this person about? And they shouldn't know. And, well, and teenagers are so steeped in that because yes. in you you hit like as soon as we've seen, you know, our kids and nephews and nieces, they hit that junior high age, mm-hmm. even a little bit like before, like the drama, right? Yes, kids start yeah. even like grade four, grade five drama yeah. in the classroom. And she said, and he said, but you get into those junior high and high school years and it's terrifying. I remember, mm-hmm. like, I can close my eyes and you're right back in, you know, <laughs> Pinocchio <laughs> yeah. composite high school and it, and the, the fear and the like, Oh, but it's, it's, it's serious for them. Like mm-hmm. this, this like gossip or like what someone's saying about you. And, and that's, that's scary stuff when you're yeah. 14, 15, 16 years old yeah. and just figuring out who you are. And so for, and a lot of these kids, of course, you know, this, like just, they do not have, a person mm-hmm. in their life yeah. that they know is yeah. trustworthy, that they yeah. know that they can really open up to yeah. without that person going and telling someone yeah. or that person judging them or telling them what to do or yeah. giving them all the solutions yeah. in like a talking down to them kind yes. of a way. Like yeah. kids, they've been talked down to, they've been betrayed, they've been, you know, they've had their trust broken. They've, mm-hmm. And so you're stepping into a role where like, literally just being someone to to hear them and see yeah. them yeah. can be life-changing. What, yeah. I, I'm sure you have countless stories, but what happens to our youth in these small communities or in a city mm-hmm. when they don't have something or someone in their life that allows them to just be themselves, to open up and speak their truth, to share their yeah. fears with? Like, I think they it's, it's a mass... It's a mass loss, and what I mean by that is they, they all, they they lose out, or they just get lost because they they turn to each other. They have each other, but the problem is, if someone can only lift fifty pounds, and you have a seven hundred pound object that needs to be moved, then you can go help go find another person that can move fifty pounds. Most likely, you two are not going to move it. But if you have somebody in your life that can move a thousand pound object or a six hundred pound object then you and that person could probably move that item. And so what I mean by that is they turn to each other, but they don't necessarily have the answers for each other. They have the presence for each other. They have the care and that um, they say apathy is, I don't know, I don't care. Sympathy is, I don't know, but I care. Whereas empathy is, I know I care and here's what I'm going to do about Mm -hmm. it. And so I think we need to be empathetic to them. I think so many of us adults, we look and we think, what the heck is wrong with you? We can look at each other. How do you not just... Look at this child and let them freak. Let them just lose their mind for a second and then calm them down. Like just in the sense of just your, let your presence calm them down because they're trying to stop spinning. And sometimes all it needs is, whoa, 
just hold on. And now when I was younger, yeah, I'd have, I'd, I'd had that sympathy for them, but I didn't know necessarily how to help them. Mm. And so as I got older and more experienced working with kids and working with situations, um, it's just, it, I, it grew to be able to be empathetic. I know I care and here's what I'm going to do about it mm. in this situation for this individual. Yeah. And, and so to be able to, I see these youth and I go, okay, then how can I be that presence? If they need strength, let me be strength. If they need peace, let me be peace. If they need maybe just a good laugh, let me be some joy. If they need some stern direction, even yesterday we were walking some kids to the youth center and there was a couple older kids behind us and one of the younger ones had went off to the side and met with their parents and they were crying and just a little uh, grade oneer. And, and I could hear them behind me and I turned around and I said, you guys need to stop talking. I said, that is disgusting what you're doing. And I said, it's just so disappointing. I said, so you need to shut up and keep walking. I said, I can't believe you do that. Well, and they, they made a response. I said, no, I said, that's, I said that you're talking as an older student about a grade one. I said, that's gross. And you are way better than that. So just mm. please stop. And so we got up and literally about 20 seconds later, all of a sudden, and I, I wasn't, I was stern and I was firm with them, but there was no hatred. There wasn't even really anger. It was just more like, you're not pulling that here right now. It's just not how, I'm not letting you do that to yourself. Not mm. that, oh, it offended me. I didn't care about myself being offended. I went, no, you're better than that. Like just, it, right. It so just in that stopped. moment, it wasn't even about the young child. No, it was uh, about helping these guys realize you're better than that. I'm going to yeah. show you that and and affirm that within you. And then 20 seconds later, we're walking across the street and, and one of them lost their sandal. And I just, I'm watching them like, come on, man. <laughs> like, and then we started laughing a little bit. And just to let them know, look, it, it was dealt with. Let's move on. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing too, to be able to give those answers, but then move on. Yeah. And when they, cause there's so much self shame and self doubt and yeah. self whatever within them, but to be able to give a response, an answer, resolve things and then move on yeah. and continue to press on. And, and so to be able to journey with, with these youth and be able to, I'm not, I said at the thing yesterday, uh, the, what's it called? The gathering. gathering and yeah. I said, because there was talk about God's presence in our lives. I said, I really do believe that the statement of you and God in any situation are the majority. And so with these, with these kids, I just, I'm trying to get them to realize, look at, you get one person in your life, then you win because it's, you know, you're never alone. You know, you have somebody that can turn to and somebody that's going to listen to you. Someone's going to help. Someone's going to care. Someone's going to, whatever it is that you need, they're going to be able to do what they can to meet that. Well, to be able to be that, for them to whatever degree I can, then right on, let's go. And when it gets to the point where I can't do more, I have no problem telling them, I don't know what else to do, but I'm with you. I'm not mm -hmm. going to leave you alone. Like it's mm -hmm. just, we've got this and we will, we'll figure it out. And so to be able to, that's what they're looking for. They want to know that they, they're safe, that they're protected, that they can grow, that they can um, be real. Because mm -hmm. when we're able to be real, like sometimes I think when we get to heaven, like I think when we get older, we just, we lose so much life at times. And I, I don't understand <laughs> that. And cause I, you know, we've got to be like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so I, I wonder, is heaven just going to be a bunch of eight to 10 year olds running around or five to eight year olds? Because we got, and cause I mean, you watch the way that Jesus responded to kids. And when all they were like, no, no, keep them away. He's like, whoa, whoa, time out. Everybody get out of the way. I want to see these kids. Cause the kids were clamoring to get to Jesus. And he yeah. took that time. And sometimes at the most 
serious moments. And yet he found that time for those children mm-hmm. and just loved on them. And just probably, I just picture them laughing and talking. I tell you, you get in a group of 10 kids, 10 four-year-olds, and you make one comment about somebody's shirt, you're going to be spending the next six minutes talking about everybody's shirt and everybody's shoes. And all of a sudden you'll hear the comments, yeah, my mom and dad, they sleep in separate rooms. And then all of a sudden we got a puppy. And you're like, what? Wait a second. What did that one child just say? Like, because they just, they know you care. And when they, they know you care, they just start sharing their heart. Yeah. And the same thing with youth. And then as we get older, though, because we've been burned, because we've been hurt, because we have we have these defenses, yeah. and if we can learn to live without defenses, for sure, keep your head on a swivel. Be wise. Be smart. You know, but, but just be open. The more open a person is, it's funny how open people become. Yeah, openness creates... Openness. Creates an opening for... A, the other person yeah. or other people to to open up and be vulnerable, like yeah. you said, and be authentic. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so like even on Fridays now, we have this, I call it Cafe 712 and the grades 7 to 12, come and have lunch here at the church. And so you would swing it all the way back around to your original comment, the fact of how do we get them sort of identify with church? Well, my whole goal was, and even when we first started, when I first got here, I went, I want to do something within the church for youth. And just not necessarily even... Not that it's not Christ-based, but Christ-focused. He's our base for sure, but we just do it because we love our, we should be loving our fellow man, you know? And so then I thought, I'm going to start a free lunch for them. So then they come and the first one we had about 35, 40 kids and now we're getting like 60, 65 kids coming and it's so cool like to watch. that's almost, it. just to give people it's, it's perspective, half, that's, 50%. that's almost, is it really? It is, yeah, it's 50% of the, of the grade, grade 7, seven to, to 12 body. Wow. So for Calgary to do that and have that effectiveness... Oh, you did have to have thousands of kids show up. And that's yeah. where I think other, other sometimes two people in smaller communities need to remember that. It's to keep it in ratio. Don't worry yeah. about what they're doing in the big cities. If you live in a smaller town and you get four kids out, again, move that into a Calgary situation, that'd probably be 150, 200 kids showing up to an event per capita. Yeah. And even when I was in the ministry, our district superintendent one time came to Nakem and he's asking, da, da, da. I said, oh yeah, well, we have a kid's thing on Wednesdays and right after school, they come, it's very similar to here because the church was right across the street from the school. Yeah. Kids would storm in and we'd get 35, 40 kids to this thing for an hour and a half. And the kids would just come, we'd have some high energy songs, high energy games. Yeah. I mean, I hate crafts, but we even had crafts and stuff like that. I got other people <laughs> who could do crafts and get good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then a little snack for him. But, and he goes, oh, wow, those are good numbers. I said, no, no, those aren't good numbers. Those are phenomenal numbers. I said, you're, I said, I know what you're doing. You're probably comparing it to a place like Saskatoon or Regina. Mm-hmm. And that's like, oh, that's a nice number. For them to get that same percentage. I said, they'd have to have hundreds, if not thousands of kids. And he goes, oh, I've never thought of it. I said, you need to. Because when yeah. you go to the small towns, that's the way to encourage those pastors. If they're going, yeah. only getting 12 kids, but you only have 65 kids to draw from, you're getting 15 to 20% of those kids. That's in, if not higher, that's insane percentage. Yeah, and th- you have to have that perspective. You right? do. It's even like, as another example, so every couple of weeks we do a family movie night or like at least once a month anyway. Um, and sometimes it's movies that are more intended for like an older audience, like adults, Mm -hmm. but we'll do these family movie nights might be like a, you know, superhero movie or Mm -hmm. a Disney movie. Uh, so we turn, we literally turn our sanctuary into a movie theater Mm -hmm. a couple of times a month and it's free. Mm -hmm. And like, it's crazy 
what gets created from that. Yeah. And I, and right now, like a lot of families, especially Basha is a lower income community. You mm-hmm. know this. Um, there's a lot of families who they're not driving their kids to Camrose or to Red Deer mm-hmm. or Lacombe or Panoka to go to a, a bigger theater yeah. and putting out 120 bucks for, exactly. you know, four or five people to go see a movie and have some popcorn and, yeah. and whatever. Like it's expensive. So to be able to just come here to the church, we got a great sound system, mm-hmm. projector, everything, yeah. comfortable pews. They can hang out with their friends. Like it was the most brilliant thing I think ever yeah. that we started doing. And we've been doing it for a few, several years now, but we have movie nights where there are 60 to 70 kids mm-hmm. in this church. Mm-hmm. And I'll, like when we take our kids to a movie in Red Deer, sometimes there's t- only 20 or 30 yeah. people in the movie theater yeah. in Red Deer. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, I know it's not apples to apples. They've got like 10 different theaters yeah. within the cinema but still or whatever. Though. But yeah. still, you walk into a into a church that is now turned transformed itself into a movie theater yeah. and it is packed in yeah. little this little tiny town. And um, you do have to remember that perspective of like, we're talking about a town of less than 900 people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so it's easy to, to feel defeated when, well, you know, we've had a couple Sundays in a row where there were no kids at mm-hmm. the front for the learning together. Right. Or there was one or two kids only. And, oh, you know, it's, why can't we have more? Why can't we have more? But it's a, it's, it's a deficit mindset mm-hmm. where a mindset of, a, of abundance yeah. says, you know, but yeah, but... Three weeks ago, we had 12 kids up there. Yeah. And in a town this size, that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, you know, people are busy and and, mm-hmm. and and their lives are unpredictable. Their schedules are overwhelming. Yeah. But back to, like, teenagers uh, and just youth in general in this community, I've been talking with a number of different people about how things like sports programs in Basha are, are seeing this resurgency where... Mm-hmm. Teams that like in years ago, like they didn't have enough kids for a volleyball team or they didn't have enough kids for a, b- a baseball team or there was no interest in it. Yeah. Now, like last night I was down at the ball diamonds here at the egg grounds in Basha and all the diamonds were full and mm-hmm. you know, there's a soccer practice going on or yeah. like there's all, there's vehicles everywhere yes, from yeah. these families that are from out of town because they're yeah. bringing their kids here for games and yeah. we're traveling to other towns and the, like the school programs, like Sports is just an example of it. We've got a com- uh, community theater program yeah. right here that's bringing youth in from, from Stetler. Yeah. And they're here three days a week uh, yeah. practicing in here in the church. Yeah. We've got junior high and senior high drama programs that are using the church. Like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff that's drawing youth mm-hmm. into community mm-hmm. where they're coming out of their homes, they're coming out yeah. of their shells, they're connecting yeah. with each other. Yeah. They're connecting with kids from other towns, kids of other, or people of other ages. Yeah. Uh, when especially that's that's one of the things I really love about our church community here is that, and maybe it's because we're such a small town that we don't have a like in the city. I know like in mega churches, mm-hmm. they'll have a youth program that's just for grade six and seven, yeah. and then a separate program that's for like yeah. senior high, and a separate program for yeah. for younger youth. And like when you are a small town and you just don't have the numbers, mm-hmm. you by necessity start to intermingle and you start to yeah bring everybody together where you say like, we don't care about age. We don't care about yeah. denomination. We don't yeah. care about yeah. like, well, let's just all get together. Yeah. Let's all have a spaghetti supper yeah. or let's, and you'll yeah. see people like, Oh, they're, they go to the Lutheran church. Well, yeah, they're here for the United church yeah. supper because it's just, it's a community thing at this yeah. point. And exactly. you kind of drop the labels yes. and you drop yeah. the demographic labels and the, yes. the boxes that we try to put ourselves in or each other in. And that's cool yeah. because there is something 
I think, ancient mm-hmm. and necessary about living in this like village mm-hmm. um, format of connection where you have youth learning from elders yeah. and you have babies that are getting yeah. um, love from not just their mom or yeah. just their dad, but they're getting yeah. raised by the village. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that happens here. Yeah. Not just oh, in our absolutely. church, but just like you're seeing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you've been here only a few months now, yeah. right? But yeah. like, but I definitely can, I, I feel it. And I'll even, I'll go one further than you. I, I think it's eternal. It's an eternal aspect because that, that sense of community, because what is, what is eternity going to be? It's not going to be, okay, the Lutherans over here and the Anglicans over here. It's this whole family reunion is what it's going to be. And, and we, I think we forget that. Like you are my brother, you are my sister. Like it's in that sense of we are family. I would do anything for you. Yes, I would do anything for my immediate family. I would do anything for Sarah. I would do listen. Who like there's the ones that are that important to me for sure. I would do the same thing for others to a degree. I would allow my. I'd be led to do whatever degree I need to do it. But for my close those that are in my life in that to that degree, it is no holds barred. You need a heart, you can have mine. Like it's just no questions asked. Like done. I'll take yours fine. It doesn't work. We'll figure something. Like I it's it's about helping one another. And when everybody has mm-hmm. a mentality towards each other, it just who doesn't want to be around people? Who doesn't want to be mm-hmm. around family? Like I, I love my family. We're all very different and everything else. But that's that's the beauty of it too. I'm not looking for a bunch of clones and again, working with you. No, be who you are. I'm going to celebrate who you are and I'll celebrate who you are and I will celebrate who you are and I will celebrate (laughs) who you are, but I want us all to be kind. I want us all to be um, intentional in regards to respect and regard to the seniors. We would not be where we're at in this world without them. So therefore be mindful of that. And if you're not going to be, then get out. You're not, (laughs) I know it sounds harsh, but in a sense, you're just not going to, not only are you not welcome here, you're not going to fit in here. And I'm telling you this much, you're not going to win this battle because we are going in this direction of you want to be part of regard and respect and be loved and nurtured or whatever for sure. But if you're going to try and destroy it, then that's where, or affect it for the negative, that's where we draw the line and go, no longer, okay, I'm not worried about it. I don't care. Like that's There's that, just no place for that. It, none. Yeah. And it just, it won't be allowed also. Yeah. And so therefore, that firm, um, firm, stern, but loving, loving correction that needs to be given at times for people to know how to do it. Okay, well, I can't do it. Well, you know what? Just start though, because you'll find, especially if we're older, then just start doing it because you'll find it'll take very short time to learn how to do it, mm. you know, and a, ten year, a five-year-old technically could drive a car horrifically, but could drive a car. <laughs> a 10-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 40-year-old. Whose car are you going to get in? Probably most likely the 40-year-old. Because they've they're right at that proper balance, right? And and so just who can do what? Yes, they can all do it. And and sometimes youth, it's like they're walking around wearing clothes that are made for you or I. And technically they can wear them, they could wear them, but they're hanging over them. They're not meant for them yet. And that's the key too. I think sometimes we just to be able to just dialogue and say, look at this is not. When you're older, I'll give you a different discussion for sure. But here's some of the some of the truth that you need to know at this point, and that's all you're going to know because it's mm-hmm. all they're meant to know. We don't have to tell the whole story to a seven year old. 
like in regards mm. to maybe a situation or certain things. But at the same time, if it's about their life, then yeah, it goes back to my comment where I said, never let them see you stunned. Grab a piece of paper, some crayons and markers, start drawing and just start talking. Or if you're cleaning up the yard, just start cleaning. They'll come and join you and just start asking, how's school going? Do you ever get bullied? Do you ever have a tough moment? Do you ever get in fights? Do you ever get bullied? Like just the questions that can be asked. And when they start talking to be able to just, okay, be making those mental notes and mm -hmm. connect with them and and then be able to do some follow-up if need be because there's just in the world there's just so much hurt there's so much loss there's so much pain there's so much frustration mm -hmm. and and despair and whereas you can bring in some hope or some joy then mm -hmm. they're gonna they're going to it's like a bakery like just a small town bakery you walk in there and go oh man, there's just nothing beats that smell because it's just, <laughs> and there's people in there and the mingling and, and, and the life, hate. it is wholesome and it's life-giving and it's, and it's family building. And, and so that's where with these youth to be able to pour into them, because then it sets that precedence for these younger ones to want to become, be part of that, mm -hmm. but it also enables and empowers and it just makes them effective for life as they go to university, as they go to different places. And I, and I think that is where the church fell apart in the sense of it, there's the stats for many, many years where people would go to church till they're, you know, that 20 years old and then they go off to university, they walk away from God. But then what happens when they get married and start having families? Where do they turn? They're not taking their kids to the bar. They're not taking their kids just to a movie theater. They're trying to get back into church. Why? Because they have these memories of the grandmas and the grandpas or the, the older people that just maybe looked good or smelled good or were funny or, or the church potlucks or whatever it is. <laughs> but it was identity. It was these nice, beautiful memories. And so then to be able to restore that again, I would love to get it to a point where weekly we have the kids right after school. Parents, yeah, they're not going to jump on a bus. They're going to come to us and come pick them up at 5, 530. And we're going to just... Let's or on a Saturday afternoon, parents come drop moss, go do your grocery shopping, go have an hour and a half to yourself, stay and join us, whatever you need to do, yeah. but give them this identity within the building. The reason why we have Cafe 712 here, get them physically in this building so that they know they are welcome, that they this is they're here. And that's why I love when they have their dramas here, or even the practices at school time, they come walking over. It's just it's the church. It's like an extra classroom it's exactly for right. the school. Exactly right. Um, even though it's it's the church. Yes. And for sure, we need to regard and respect the church for what it is. But let's also not forget that the moment that Jesus died, when that curtain was torn in two, which was 90 feet tall, 30 feet wide, two or three feet thick. Like it was a thick curtain. And I love how it says that it tore from top to bottom, not bottom to top. How God literally went, okay, now there's no more holy of holies. Everything is holy. Everything. Everything we do, we take Christ with us. We're not we're not going into a dark school. No, we're taking the light into the, the darkness has to flee because we're going to take the light into this. You step into a home that just lost a loved one. There's grief, but you're able to take, you know, not joy in the sense of happiness, but joy in the sense of peace and strength and and something mm -hmm. solid and just an identity and and hope. Where there's just such, you're able to step into any situation and be that difference. Mm. That's what I love about it. That's where hmm. we could sit and talk to anybody and anybody would go, yeah, I'm in. I want to, <laughs> maybe I have to <laughs> figure out a few things, but that's, that at least sounds appealing. Yeah. You know, not, you have to be at church on Sunday. You got to tithe. You got to, for sure, all that's important. But are you also, if we're going to be that religious, are you taking care of the widows and orphans? Are you feeding the hungry? Are you clothing the naked? Are you visit, visiting those in prison? Are you all the things that Jesus said, you know, that we're to be doing and that, they, but even fine, let's go to the Old Testament. 
that the law says you're supposed to be doing. True religion is this, taking care of the widows and orphans, and da 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 da. And so to be able to have that as an expression of our faith, not our identity. My identity is not to do a certain thing. My identity is to be that light, to try and be that joy and be that hope or whatever it is. I used to tell my staff all the time in situations, if we're going to fail, let's fail fabulously. Let's burn the sucker down <laughs> and let's learn because we're not going to be afraid. And also I got to a point one time I was in ministry and I was doing this event and I just thought, literally it hit me and I went, what if nobody shows up? Like I'm standing in this thing, I could take you right to the exact spot. Yeah. Right by the piano in the first pew and I was leaning against the pew and I out loud to nobody, I said, what if nobody shows up? And God may as well personify because it, it was so clear. And he says, but who are you doing this for? And I just, he says, because if you're doing it for people, then I think you're missing the point. But if you're doing it for me, then let me take care of the people. And so in other words, it came down to, are you, he asked, are you prepared? I went, yeah. Then what are you worried about? And from that point on, anything I do, I try to be as prepared as possible. And that's the success. Whether I get one person or I get a thousand people, I don't care. If I'm prepared and ready to go, and not in the sense of indignation, well, fine, you missed out on something great and planned. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm If I'm doing this to honor God or because I was asked to do it, and then I'm going to take pride in that. The pride is in the preparation, not in the running of it. Oh, for yeah. sure, you have to have pride to make sure it gets, gets done smoothly and properly, for sure. But if only two show up, are they not worth it? Are they only worth it if they're part of a group of 100? Yeah. Not for me anymore. No, if I get, even we're on this Friday, we're doing a Bashaw's biggest kickball game ever at the A grounds from four to eight. And there's yeah. going to be free burgers and hot dogs. And we're going to have just the biggest kickball game. We'll have a couple that other little amazing. activities. It's going to be just something different. If nobody shows up, will it suck? Yeah, maybe. Will it be a little bit embarrassing? I was going to honestly say, well, maybe a bit, but no, it won't be embarrassing because it's, we will be prepared and ready to go. That's it. And then the next time, like as soon exactly. as you, as soon as you uh, put that slant on it, then you're you've defeated yourself exactly in, into the future of like. Yep. Well, then you're not even going to try the next time. And see exactly right. And so often people they go, well, that didn't work. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. One time is not an indication if it didn't yeah. work or not. How about we give it four weeks? How about we give it three months and see where it's at? Yeah. And then because then we'll we'll know what's going on or what we're missing. Because sometimes just the smallest tweak can make Absolutely. the biggest change, whether it's a vehicle, a VHS recorder, or a camera, or a phone, or whatever. The smallest little thing can just make all the difference in the world. Yeah. You know, and that's where I, I and I think you're exactly right. If you have that mindset of defeated, well then, okay, well, good luck with that. Because then well, otherwise we could step in and we will take over and we'll show you how it's done or goodbye. I just, I will not be a part of that because, and not in a judgmental sense, but in a sense of facts, I'm, it, it will, I just not, I just can't do it. I just won't do it because I'd rather go buy somebody a burger and sit down and chat with them then because at least connect with one person, but let's just throw it out there and see what happens. Yeah. I used to say all the time, you know, God, I'll do my best. Holy Spirit, you fill in the rest and I'm not, I'm not worried about it. And that's, that is just my desire. That's my hope. And 
And that's what I love about Bashaw because there is, as even all it takes is a couple conversations. And I've done it since I've been here. People walk in, I just, hey, how's it going? And all of a sudden they start talking. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ride this out and see how long this conversation goes for. And sometimes it's two minutes and sometimes it's, it can be 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes. And sometimes if they, if I didn't step away, I'd probably still be standing there talking to them. So it ranges in all those things, but to be able to just hear people start to share their heart and, and just to kind of go and let's, Let's see what we can do. So whether it's with the kids or with the youth, and then even as the youth thing starts to grow, then fine, let's put a Burger Bash team together and get some seniors in here and making burgers on a Friday night for kids and just start to connect with the kids and, and come and serve the kids and just connect and watch these kids respond with them. Just the beauty of it, right? Like all the all those elements that, that come into play and the way that we will be effective in that is if we ourselves stay fresh. That's why this is such a cool thing. It gives people an opportunity to sit in these chairs, but also to sit in their own chairs and to listen to what somebody's saying, yeah. Yeah. you know, so that if they're asked to come on it, then of course you can do it. And also there's a difference between, oh, I can't do that. No, 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 you won't do that. Mm. Like people say, oh, I can't sing. And I'm now at the point where, oh no, everybody can sing. You might not sing well, <laughs> but you well, can sing. Jason, I've invited, <laughs> I don't know how many, I mean, we've done 120, 130 episodes of this podcast over a handful of years, but I've invited probably 200 plus <laughs> people because yeah. I, I get a lot of people saying no, or they yeah. don't respond at all. Or they yeah. say, oh, I don't have a story worth sharing. Yeah. Or no, I wouldn't, I'd be too nervous. Yeah. And even though I tell them, you know, there's, this yeah. isn't a video yeah. because I, I'm a videographer, right? Yeah. This isn't a video. I'm not interviewing you. This, this is, it. I, I mean, technically, I guess you could say a podcast is like an interview, but it's mm -hmm. really not. It's just a conversation. It's a discussion for sure. And everybody i think has a fascinating story absolutely if you can get them to open up yeah and share it yeah and that's really that's what you're doing you're just not doing it with a microphone with the right. youth you're doing it while you're walking down the sidewalk and yeah. or playing kickball yeah but um i think we have that in common that we're fascinated by people's genuine stories yes yeah and most people are and yeah. that's what i love about podcasts is that someone listening to this right now is mowing the lawn with mm -hmm. their earbuds in yeah or they're driving to work and yeah. but they can take 40 minutes and immerse themselves in jason clark's story mm -hmm. you know and yeah. and be inspired by it or get mm -hmm. a new perspective on something about their life mm -hmm. just by listening for longer than a 60 second yeah. tiktok video yeah to to be immersed in it yeah um, there's power in that, I think. Yeah, I so agree. I, this has been a really great way to kick off a new season of the podcast. It's been a long time coming and I got to apologize to everyone out there that, uh, <laughs> we're a little bit later into the year starting it off the, uh, this time than usual, but, uh, I've actually have a list of some fabulous people that are going to be coming on awesome. the show over the summer. Um, so definitely come back and, and check out those future episodes that are coming down the pipe. I hope that you get a chance, Jason, to, to listen to some of those as Definitely well. Will. And like I said at the beginning, like so many great stories. Uh, dive back into the archives. All of them are available on our website as well, risingspiritministry.com. Or if you subscribe to Six Ways from Sunday on iTunes or wherever you're listening to these podcasts, you'll get notifications each time a new episode drops. Jason, I think we'll wrap it up here. Sure. But um, 
man, it's so great to talk to you and right to hear more of your passion. I don't think people can spend time with you without getting some of that passion <laughs> well, through appreciate. conversation. Well, I appreciate uh, that. It just pours out of you. And I, so it's no wonder that um, you're creating such amazing things in the community with the youth because they need that and respond to it, obviously, as well. Um, so thanks for the work you're doing. Thanks Thank for you. moving to Basha. Thanks for, becoming, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for becoming such an awesome, important part of our church family. And I love you, man. This, yeah, this has been too. great. And uh, You betcha. And thanks Thank for you. your story. I appreciate the opportunity. And anybody out there, you get a chance to do it, just do it. If you can talk, you can do this. It's Is it awkward at first? Sure. But oh, then the podcast? It, yeah. You yeah. don't even realize there's a <laughs> microphone. You just start chatting and, and connecting. Yeah. So, exactly. So just those that get asked, honestly consider, because I'd love to, as would others, hear your individual story. So just please do that. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing yours, Jason. Thank you for the opportunity to do so. All right. All everyone right. out there, thanks for listening. And until next time, take care and be well.